Well, we have a special morning today. This is, if you're visiting, this is an unusual service for us, uh, but we are going to take some time throughout the course of this morning and honor uh, our senior pastor, Brian Fisher. He has been at our church now for 20 years uh, in a variety of capacities, and so uh, this is really a chance for us to celebrate what God has done in our lives and in his life through his ministry to this church. And so uh, for those that I haven't met, my name is Matt Morton. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, We're going to have some tributes to Brian, a couple of videos. We did give Brian a few minutes to speak, about 10 to 15 minutes, which is like giving my kids 50 cents at the mall. Uh, They will ask for more and we will be forced to say no. Uh, But this is our chance to uh, honor him Uh, I have had the joy of knowing and working with Brian really since about 1998. Uh, I came on staff as the first intern that he had when he was the college pastor, right? As he became the college pastor here at Grace. And uh, a lot of things have changed in Brian's life during that time. Uh, As many of you know, he's had two kids since then, Ben and Anna Joy. Uh, He was, when I was working with him, relatively newly married, no kids. Uh, Since then, he's had kids. His job has changed. Uh, They have a pet now. They didn't used to. Uh, One of the biggest changes is his facial hair. Uh, He no longer has the mustache that he had when I first uh, knew him. I tried to find a picture. I think he has systematically destroyed or confiscated them all, and so I was unable to find one. But I don't think it's a coincidence that his expanding influence uh, happened around the same time as he shaved the mustache off. So uh, a lot of things have changed. Some things that have not changed, though, that I wanted to share briefly before we move on. First of all, his devotion to the Word of God. If you have heard Brian teach here, if you've had the privilege of being in a Bible study that he has led or spending time with him, you know that he loves to teach the Word of God. He loves to study it. Uh, For me, uh, when I first met Brian, it was through a Bible study that he was leading. And it was at a period of time in my life where, having grown up in the church, the Word of God was something that I knew, but it really no longer felt to me living and active. And uh, he taught me how to study it uh, and how to teach it and how to know it in a way that it became alive again. And so as I still study the Word of God and, and aim to teach it, I often go back to those principles that he taught and modeled uh, for me. And secondly, his dedication to leadership development. If you walk around this church, you'll run into leaders all over the place who were guided and shaped and developed because of Brian's commitment to equipping people for the work of ministry. Most of us on staff who are under the age of about 40, a club which I am still barely a part of, uh, would say that uh, we are here largely because of his influence. And I think it's remarkable in a day and age of uh, celebrity where many people's goal is to have as many people as possible know their name, that Brian's goal has always been to push others to lead well and to be up front and to serve with the giftedness that God has given. And so I'm so grateful for that. And then uh, thirdly, his love for people. Um, I've had the joy of knowing Brian not only as uh, an employer, as a mentor, but also as a friend. I've seen him pray, cry, laugh, rejoice with you and me in this congregation uh, and with his own family, his children, and mine as well. And I have seen how his love for Jesus has developed him as well into a person who loves others. And 
Uh, I know that God is going to continue to multiply and expand his ministry and make it effective here. Uh, So we're going to take a while this morning to celebrate him. Like I said, we're going to have a video here uh, in just a moment, a tribute from a friend of his. Brian did not plan this service, by the way. He uh, was told to show up and we were in control. So he is feeling uncomfortable and out of control at the moment. So you may just want to give him a big hug when all this is over. Tell him you love him and it's going to be okay. Uh, But we're going to press forward in tribute to Brian. Thank you guys for rejoicing with us this morning. I'm Greg Mott, and I'm class in 1992 from Texas A&M, and God gave me the privilege of starting Breakaway Ministries, and now I'm the pastor at Houston's First Baptist Church, and I have known Brian for a long, long time. We were friends as college ministers. When he was a college minister at Grace, and I was doing Breakaway, we had a great friendship of just tag team, of making a difference for the Lord at Texas A&M, and then... I went to be the pastor here at Houston's First, and soon after that, like really, really quick after that, he became the pastor of Grace Bible Church. Our sons were actually born just a few days apart. So when we were going out of the hospital with our new baby, he and Tristy were going into the hospital to have their new baby, which you know is Ben Fisher. So I've known Brian so long, what a great friend he is, and it's been a great journey in ministry with him. When I think about Brian, I think about his strengths. And his strengths, when he comes to my mind, is one, faithfulness. He is a faithful man. He works so hard and is so faithful to just labor in the ways of the Lord. And that's such a blessing and so neat. Secondly, I think of intelligence. He is an amazing, intelligent man. Don't tell my church, but when I get stuck on a biblical issue, I call Brian. And I say, what in the world is going on in this book of the Bible? And he knows it off the top of his head. He'll give me the biblical history. He'll give me what's going on theologically. And it's just a great, so he's my commentary. The Brian Fisher commentary friendship is what he is. So he is faithful. He's intelligent. And then third and finally, when I think about his strengths, is he's a whole lot of fun. And that's what makes him a great friend, not just a resource of ministry, but a great friend. We've had a lot of fun together, and that's been amazing to spend time with him. From riding four-wheelers to going to sporting events together to just calling each other on cell phones in the car and saying, how you doing? And I appreciate his faithfulness, his intelligence, and his fun. He is a brother that has held me accountable and that has encouraged me. And his strengths, I hope, have rubbed off on me and my family as well that we would be different people in the name of the Lord because of our time with Brian Fisher. Brian has made a huge impact in my life personally. You know, I was a member at Grace Bible Church when I was there in College Station doing Breakaway and before I came here to Houston's First Baptist. And Brian was an impact in my life there just as a staff member. When I would hear him speak, when I would watch him lead, when I would be around him, he was a staff member to me as a member and made an impact just in, in me and my family as a church member. And that's been great, but even more so as a friend, he's made a great impact. Brian is somebody that I can turn to with deep trust. I've shared with him uh, really some, some struggles, some, some concerns, uh, some things going on that I wouldn't want to broadcast on the internet, but I know that Brian is a trusted friend. And so the impact that he's had on my life has been just tremendous. I'm more like Jesus in my life because of my relationship with Brian Fisher. And it's such a joy to have a friend like that that you can share anything with. And he'll listen, he'll talk to you, uh, give me some good advice. Hopefully I can do the same for him on occasion. And it's just a blessing. So the impact of Brian on my life, I would say it'd be twofold. One is a staff member at Grace onto me as a member. And then secondly, as a peer in ministry 
to be able to bounce ideas off of, to be able to share different things with, and also to say, man, I'm kind of struggling, I'm tired right now, or I need to persevere. What do you think about this? What should I do in this situation? And Brian's always been there with a listening ear and a wise response. And that's been a tremendous, tremendous effect in my life and my ministry. Brian is more than a pastor. He's also a husband and a father, and I've gotten to see him do that as well, and he's a great husband and a great father. And I love the way he honors Tristy. I love the way he takes care of his kids. It's a blessing. His kids and my kids are really good friends, and so that's a good thing to be able to have them hanging out with the Fishers. And so I just want to say as well, just a, just a strong thing. You know, as a pastor, you can do a lot of things publicly, but the difference that's really made in any believer's life is who you are privately. And I've seen Brian behind the doors in his home and, and God's using him there as well. And so I just want to encourage him and, and all the dads and all the husbands to be men of God. Before we're just ministers of God, let's be men of God. And when we make a difference in our homes with our kids, our wives, our families, our friends, our workplaces, boy, then God has got a usable vessel. And that's what I see with Brian is a usable vessel in God's hands because his personal life with his wife and his kids, it's solid as a rock. And then from that, he comes in to the pulpit. I love the phrase, and I've tried to develop it in my own life, and, and this is true in Brian's life. I want to live better than I preach. I want to live better than I preach. And Brian's a great preacher, but he's a better liver, even that, with living out the things of the Lord. We all know that College Station is a special place, and there's a lot of great churches in College Station, but in my view, Grace Bible Church is making the biggest difference in town. And with Brian at the helm, leading Grace Bible Church, it's been amazing to see what God has done. To go from one campus to two campuses, that's powerful to affect the entire city in that way. The missions heart that Brian has continued to bring out in Grace has been huge. The desire for discipleship, not for just a lot of people sitting on the pew, and particularly students, but for them growing in their relationship with the Lord and being a different person because of that. And when I think about Brian and I think about Grace Bible, those are the things that I think about. And I just thought when he came on to be the pastor after doing so much great work there before, I just knew it was just gonna be up and to the right. It was just gonna go. The graph was gonna shoot. And that's exactly what has happened. And so I'm so proud of him, so proud of the church for following him so well and all the things that God has done at Grace Bible Church. I tell you, we live in Houston, but our hearts are still in College Station in a lot of ways. And we're jealous uh, sometimes in the sense that uh, I love preaching and what I get to do here at Houston's First, that's my gift and my calling. But there's some days that I wake up and I'd love to be sitting on that pew in Grace Bible just taking notes, just receiving the Word of God as Brian teaches it. Brian is a wonderful, brilliant man, but let me tell you a story about Brian. I invited Brian and Ben to go to an Astros baseball game with my son and I. Somebody at our church had given us Diamond Club tickets. And what that means is they're right behind home plate. They're tremendously expensive, but there's free food. Well, the food is included in the price. Most of the time, you can't eat enough food to actually pay for the price. That's not true with Brian and Ben. They ate so much food. We were sitting there. There was trash everywhere. I felt like we should have started picking up to help the lady out. So they would go back and get one more ice cream, one more thing of, of uh, popcorn, another hot dog. I don't think Ben watched any of the game. I think he just went back and forth to get food the whole time, which was great because it was free food. So 
Brian's really, really skinny, but the boy can eat. And don't invite him unless it is a buffet of all you can eat, because he will spend you out of house and home. So that's a little more personal side of Brian than you might see when he's up there holding the Bible, quoting C.S. Lewis. He's really wanting to eat like a huge Klondike bar with popcorn in his other hand. Now you know. I like telling funny stories about Brian just because he's my friend and I love him. And that's the joy of friendship is when you can laugh together. And Brian, to say to you, what a man of God you are. And I appreciate your friendship so much. Thank you for your stand for the Lord. Thank you for your heart for the Lord. Thank you for how you want to minister to people. You do so much in just reaching out to people. And I just want you to know that everyone notices. I notice and we're honored by you. And we look forward to seeing what God's going to do in your life for the next 20 years. And it's going to be even better than these first 20 years. But I want to say just directly to you, Grace Bible Church, you got a great man. He is a godly man. He's a strong man of God with the Word of God deep in his heart. He knows his theology. He knows his mission. He knows his calling. And you've got a great man as a pastor. So love him well. Take good care of him. Protect his heart. Protect his life. And God will do even greater things than you can imagine in Grace Bible Church. Well, uh, my name is Pat Coyle. I serve as your missions and outreach pastor uh, here at Grace, and I have the privilege of uh, sharing a little bit about Brian's life and ministry. And um, I can tell you there are um, some tears flowing on the front row here as this morning has gone on. Not, not like many churches may celebrate their pastors uh, 20 years with tears, but these are tears of joy. And, and uh, I, Brian, I told you a few weeks ago at a funeral, I made manuscript when I got, might get emotional, and there's, there's the manuscript. So we'll see how this goes. Um, Brian, uh, I, I don't know a lot about your early life history because we weren't together, and so I can... I almost said this wrong, too. I looked up on, the, uh, on Facebook because I didn't know where you were born, and you need to fix it. It's wrong, I think, according to what Tristy tells me, which goes to show that everything you read on the Internet is not true. <laughs> so you're born in Bellevue, Washington. Is that, is that correct? Not Ithaca, New York. Okay. need to correct that. <laughs> April 29th, 1965. That's uh, a day we celebrated just a, just a few days ago. And uh, the, the, the part of the history, I did, Brian and, uh, or Dennis and Barbara will have to fill you in on, on some of the years in between, but uh, Dennis and Barbara moved Brian and his sister Cheryl here to College Station uh, in 1980, and that was during Brian's sophomore year in high school. I was a senior here at, at, in high school at Grace, uh, a few years older, and this uh, younger guy already began to demonstrate um, that maturity and that passion for excellence and intelligence that, uh, that Greg spoke about. I think in terms of current colleagues, I probably win in terms of knowing you the longest. And there's lots of competition on our staff. Also, thanks to Brian. So I won that competition. Um, So Brian attended A&M from 1983 to 87, earned a bachelor's degree in economics with a Spanish minor. And he began his studies at Dallas Theological Seminary, graduated from there in 1991 with a master's of theology and biblical exposition. And in 91, he returned to Grace as pastoral intern for about a year. And then in 1992, consistent with his passion uh, for missions, uh, Brian had the opportunity to serve as interim pastor uh, in the International Church in Prague, the Czech Republic, and then came back to Grace uh, after that to the position of assistant pastor. 
And I call that uh, title for assistant pastor, the pastor of everything everybody else doesn't want to do. To quote Brian's bio on the website, as the only assistant pastor, Brian had a wide range of opportunities. Very soon, he would be introduced to a much more attractive opportunity, that of Tristy Welpley, who uh, he married in 1996. And as Greg mentioned, they're the parents of Ben, who's 11, and Anna Joy, who's 8. I had the pleasure of kind of coming back to Grace and joining the staff in 1996 And uh, true, again, to Greg's notation of Brian's intelligence, Brian took the opportunity to recraft a new job description, uh, the associate pastor of everything Brian doesn't want to do. (laughs) And uh, I took that position. (laughs) And I guess my arrival enabled Brian to to focus more in some areas of his passion. Uniquely, uh, that corresponded uh, to my areas of passion and and the job description that... uh, that God gave me in coming here, and I think that's been a unique facet of our friendship and our relationship is the is the fit in terms of those those uh, kind of opposite passions, but uh, but a good fit. So um, that that most notably, I guess, gave Brian the opportunity to to uh, become college pastor in 1998, a true area of passion for him, and uh, his and Tristy's strengths really combined beautifully to sharpen our college ministry's focus on raising up next generation leaders. And I think that's really where that, that, that phrase we talk about Grace Bible Church began uh, in those years. And in uh, 2004, God graciously gave us Brian as senior pastor. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that, that evening, I recall his admonition to us to excel still more. And uh, I think that the staff team and the church body have benefited greatly from Brian and Tristy's uh, unique blend of passions and priorities. Um, Greg mentioned a lot of them. It's not, it's not fun following Greg Mott. Um, <laughs> evangelism and discipleship, uh, excellence in every area. And I have, a, I have a theory on the food at the baseball game. I think all that, the food leftovers was just, no, he's pointing at Ben. <laughs> no, I think it's that pursuit of passion, you know, all that money was spent. You had to, you had to, I mean, that pursuit of excellence, you had to make sure that you pursued that food with excellence. Team building, investment and leadership development, passion for the Great Commission as missions pastor. I, I enjoy that so much, a, pa- a senior pastor who shares that passion. Perfect synchronization with, with Grace's ministry pillars. And uh, personally, I'm grateful, Brian, and I speak on behalf of the staff as well. I, I think in saying thank you for encouraging us in our individual strengths and as a cohesive team. Now, we have more to do, and I pray that you'll give us at least 20 more years to do that together. And uh, we're going to see a video now that, that tells a little bit more about Brian in the, from the eyes of uh, uh, friends, elders, and family. I was there the day Brian was born in uh, Bellevue, Washington, Overlake Hospital, April 29, 1965. I did not realize at the time that Brian would have such an impact on the world, but the day he was born, Seattle suffered a big earthquake. The doctor came into the room and he said, don't worry about your baby. Of course, he had to wake me up because I was sound asleep. The television was jumping off the wall. He said, your baby's just fine. We're just having this big earthquake. Uh, So now when I look back, I think he came in with a bang and he's been uh, impacting people for a long time. And I hope and pray that it'll be for the rest of his life. So what are Brian Fisher's strengths? Well, 
You probably all know he's a good teacher, he's a gifted leader. What you might not know is how incredible he is at developing other leaders. I am a product of Brian Fisher. I'm here at Grace Bible Church because of Brian. He saw potential in me. He invested in my life. He discipled me during my senior year at Texas A&M. He brought me back as an intern and mentored me in the college ministry. And then he hired me as a pastor and he's been developing me ever since. Brian Fisher is always investing his life in other people. Not just me, but many of the people that we have on staff are products of Brian Fisher's leadership development. He's doing that towards our lay leaders here at church. I think that's actually Brian's greatest strength. He's always identifying, raising up, and developing leaders. And that's what provides the people that we need at Grace Bible Church to lead us in the coming years. One is his devotion uh, unreservedly uh, to studying God's Word and to teaching, us, to teaching it to us here at the church. I think we sometimes uh, fail to recognize what a, a gem he is. And uh, we get used to it, listening to him every Sunday, uh, and yet it's time to uh, reflect and really uh, uh, praise God for uh, sending us such a, uh, a, a valuable servant, one who is able to communicate the truth. Some of Brian's strengths are, I guess, the two that I think are the greatest strength is teaching and leadership. You know, knowing what the elders want and then just just the day-by-day things when you're, you've got a group of men and they're all doing different things, you know, he, Brian knows what they're doing and is leading them. Uh, when I think of Brian's strengths, there, there are several, but one that stands out is his, his teaching ability, which is in part his, his scholarship his love for the Word and his desire to dig into it and then explain it in such a way that, uh, that all of us uh, can understand. And a, a second one is his leadership capacity, and the fact that he's, he's very much a team builder and has been uh, all of his life. Uh, and as I look at the pastoral staff here, uh, I can't help but think that this is partly the result of his leadership capacity. He's a very effective communicator, and he spent so much time studying God's Word, but he can bring it down to the level where uh, small children and his mother can benefit so much, and it makes me desire to know God more. We made a decision early on that that the Lord wanted us to minister to students, and we've been doing that for years, and you know, What's going on in a church right now and with Brian's leadership, we still have that going on. Brian is gifted strategically. God has given him a mind to to see the big picture and to keep us focused on what's most important. God has also given Brian great humility. I'm incredibly impressed that Brian is always raising up people around him. So uh, we're a church of 5,000 today and where so many churches of 5,000 people would have one guy at the top who everyone hears every week. Brian has decided to raise up other people and develop other speakers, other gifted pastors and ministers here at Grace Bible Church. I think that's the legacy that Brian uh, has created in Grace Bible Church is he's multiplied leadership. So now we're a multi-site church. We're thinking about the third site, the fourth site. That's what he uh, has brought to us. That's what God has gifted him with is a humility that's willing to see other people succeed and other people grow. And our church is much stronger because of that. I think Brian has stretched me personally a, a great deal and in some ways that he probably hasn't even recognized. One is accountability. And that is every time I've looked at him and at his sister, I'm, I'm drawn back to the realization that I must 
walk before the Lord uh, before my children uh, and must not do things that in fact would detract from uh, their walk with the Lord. So uh, both Brian and his sister uh, hold me accountable even though they don't know they're holding me accountable. Uh, the second way that I've grown with Brian is I've benefited tremendously from his scholarship and his study of the Word. Uh, he and I engage in theological discussions on a regular basis, so it, he's helped me both in terms of my walk and in my knowledge of the Word. Sometimes when I'm sitting in the congregation, I don't even think about Brian being my son, but when I do, I am overwhelmed with God's graciousness to let Dennis and I be part of his ministry, to live near our son and his family, but then to have him be our pastor and our teacher. It is just such a blessing and such evidence of God's grace in our lives. So Brian, not many guys get to work for the person who mentored them and one of their best friends. I do, and I'm truly grateful that you hired me here at Grace Bible Church, that you invested your life in me, and that you continue to love me well. Thank you. I'm so glad you've invested your life at Grace. Brian, I just uh, encourage you to, to keep up the good work, uh, to remain faithful. And uh, I know you will, uh, but uh, it's just uh, it's such a blessing uh, the years ahead to see you uh, further develop and to, uh, to remain faithful both in your own personal life and also in the life of the church. I'm so proud of you being here at Grace for 20 years. And I just want to say that I just keep praying all the time for you that the Lord will continue to bless your ministry. So keep on keeping on. Brian, I think you have uh, made an incredible start. I hate to call 20 years an incredible start, uh, but that's really what it is. And, and it is a long journey, the Christian walk. And the work here at Grace uh, is huge. Uh, I would encourage you to do as you have in the past. That is, stay the course, stay on point, uh, stay on the message, and be faithful in your walk as our pastor, and as a father, and as a husband. Uh, Brian, uh, I love you very much, and I'm proud to be your dad. Brian, we love you so much. We're so proud of you. You've been such a blessing to us from the day you were born. My, my name is Eddie Colson, and I'm chair of the elder board right now. I don't know how Brian's going to speak in a minute. I can barely speak. I, I, made, I made a note to myself that next time I should watch the video first. Uh, so at 40 years, I'm going to watch the video first, Brian. Uh, indeed, it is our honor to be able to recognize Brian today. And with that, I'd like to ask the elders uh, to come up front, as well as those who hold the title of Elder Emeritus, uh, Jack Lunsford, Harry Cool and Dennis Fisher, come on up. And those that were on the elder board at the time that Brian was hired as senior pastor, uh, Don Breland, Chip, and uh, Don McElroy. Uh, some of, uh, not everyone is here, but many are here. So come on up. Uh, and let's, let's go ahead and ask Brian and Tristy and Ben and Anna Joy, why don't you come on up as well? The most uncomfortable guy in the room right now is right here, <laughs> Brian Fisher. It's, it really is our, our privilege and honor, and, and, and certainly this is a significant occasion. 
for us as a church. Uh, and we want you to know, Brian, uh, that we love you as a, a church body, and we love your family, and we are very thankful that you're allowing God to use you in our church and in our community to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Brian would certainly be the first one to tell you this is not about him. We know that this is about Jesus Christ, son of the living God. And Grace Bible Church is privileged and honored to have Brian leading us in that effort as we multiply believers and make disciples and raise leaders in our community and in the world. So Brian, you are indeed a gift to us. Uh, Your commitment to the word, uh, your commitment to preaching grace, commitment to the college ministry, to families, uh, to missions, has very much been a blessing to us at Grace Bible Church. Uh, We're thankful for your leadership, we're thankful for your humility, your honesty, and the passion in which you preach the word of God. And we're thankful for Tristy and Ben and Anna Joy. What a blessing your family is to our family as Grace Bible Church. So to mark this occasion, on behalf of the Grace Bible Church elders and church body, uh, we want to present you and your family an all expense paid trip to Washington, D.C. this summer. Uh, and, we, and by doing so, we want to thank you for your service, your leadership, and your commitment to serving our Lord. So Brian, Tristy, thank you so much. It is, it is really a privilege to know Brian and work with him as elders. And I speak for all of us up here, what, what a great leader he is. And he pushes us and he, uh, we don't always agree on a lot of things. We, we push back and forth a lot, but it's fun. And it's always with the eyes of what does God want us to do? What would God has a, have us do as a body of believers? Uh, what a great privilege it is to, to work and serve with Brian. And I've asked Mike Gentry uh, to pray for Brian. If you guys just want to gather around them. you will pray with me. Father, what a special time to gather together. We thank you for the privilege of honoring Brian and his family together as a church body. As we uh, listen to Jack share... With Brian, his uh, charge, it reminded me of the words of Paul in 1 Timothy when he says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you which was bestowed on you through the prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the elders. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so you so your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Preserve in these, persevere in these things. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and and for those who hear you. Brian, we make that charge to you, and we, as a church, as a church body and this group of elders, we pledge to stand beside you, to take care of you, to love you, to pray for your protection, to pray for your growth, and to stand beside your family in all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So do I get... When I showed up this morning and I had this on my, this microphone or whatever it is on my head, 
Brian looked at me and said, what is going on? Come, come back up here. He said, what's going on? I said, we're doing dueling sermons this morning. Didn't you, you didn't get the message? So he knew something was up from the beginning. But I like having the last word. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, uh, my conviction is renewed this morning that I, I prefer to have complete control over the microphone. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a little, this was a little hard to prepare for. I was told that something would happen and that I would be expected to speak. <laughs> so as we were sitting there, I, I was reminded, uh, Howard Hendricks, he used, to, he used to talk about the uh, tradition where a lot of pastors will go to the back door after the sermon and everyone files through. And as they're filing through, they shake his hand and they say, great sermon, pastor, great sermon, great sermon, great sermon. You know, they don't remember anything except one illustration maybe, but great sermon, great sermon. And he calls that the glorification of the worm. And that's, you know, that's, that's kind of how I, I, I felt in this whole process. Um, you know, in some respects, in some respects, the only way I, so to speak, survive a Sunday morning being here in front is that I know my job is to point you to the word and the God who's revealed himself personally to us in the word I point you to the cross of Christ and that's what I love to do I don't I don't love being center of attention (laughs) I I really love that privilege and that calling of pointing you to Jesus Christ um you know, I, I, have, I have actually had an opportunity to reflect a lot this last semester on my time with this church, uh, which began, as Pat said, in 1980. It began when I was 15 years old. And uh, what drew our family to this church was the, the teaching of the Word of God. And we, we visited many churches, and uh, my sister actually was, had gone back to Michigan State to go to college. And so it was uh, just me and my parents here. And my parents said there are several te- churches that teach the word here in town. God's really moving in your heart and you want to start growing. And so we're going to let you pick. So let me pick the church because uh, God is moving. And I wanted to grow. I was starting to really be hungry at 15 to grow. And I wanted to be here. And so what I did is I snuck into the college class. And uh, I started going to the college class every week as a high school kid. And the, the message just, it resonated with me. It just pierced my heart message was make your life count for eternity. You've got just a, a short window of time. Your days, they're, they're like a vapor compared to eternity. Make your life count. Invest in the things that really matter. And I began at that moment, really, just to, begin, to fall in love with the Word of God. I loved the Word of God. I loved, it. I loved being taught the Word of God. I began to love to study the Word of God. I remember as a high school kid, there was no Bible study going for our high school students. And so I started a Bible study with my friends and um, some college kids started coming to our Bible study. We're just studying the word. I just love studying the word. And when I graduated, Andy Seidel gave me a, a book. It's called um, Major Bible Themes. It's 52 weeks on biblical and theological reflections, which, you know, most high school kids would say, I just have a check, right? But I, I, this is awesome. I loved it. I actually read that book, the entire thing. I, f- I fell in love with the word of God here in this place. And uh, I fell in love with the people of God. I, I experienced real biblical community. I've, I've said this before in sermons. I didn't have Christian friends growing up in, in the Northeast. I didn't have Christian friends until I moved here. And here I discovered 
fellowship, community, Christian friends in this place. And so I, you know, I really, I, I, I got the message. It sunk into my heart. What lasts forever is the word of God and people. And I memorized Isaiah 40 because there are certain passages that I keep coming back to. They're anchors for my soul. Isaiah 40 is one of those. In the middle it says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. It abides forever. We will be here, we will go, but the word of God abides forever. And so it's been the conviction of this church. We, we preach the word of God because the word of God changes lives. It's living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces as far as the division of soul and spirit of both. Join and marrow. Wow. It just, it just changes us. And so, you know, every week it's, it's such an honor for me to stand here and stand in a sense behind the word and just lay the word out for you and let the word do its work in your life. I believe that. I believe that. I fell in love with the word of God. I fell in love with with people. We're not eternal, but God, having made us, we're immortal. We last forever. And so every person that you interact with, as C.S. Lewis says, is immortal. An immortal splendor or an eternal horror. If they know Jesus Christ, they live forever in his presence. If they don't, they're separated. And I live with that conviction day in and day out. That's why, as, as I try to remind you at the beginning of every semester, every semester, you know, every week, week in and week out, I'm going to present the gospel. And when I start presenting the gospel, don't check out because you already know the gospel. When I start presenting the gospel, you start praying for the people around you. Somebody may be sitting here who doesn't know Jesus Christ. You pray for your friends, your family, your parents, your brothers, your sisters who don't know Jesus Christ. Every week we go back to the gospel. Why? Because it's, it's the center. It's the foundation of our lives. That God loved us so much that even when we were dead in our sins, he sent us on Jesus Christ to forgive our sins, to rescue us from death and separation, and to give us life that lasts forever. I believe in that. It's my conviction. And really, you know, ultimately, it's the reason that I've, I've stayed at, at this church. Because we believe in the word of God. We teach the word of God. We trust the word of God is powerful. We believe in the grace of God. We don't preach works to get us into heaven, but just the grace of God. And we're a church, I believe, that is not focused inwardly, but we're focused outwardly. That's why we have such an emphasis on world missions. We invest in the nations, not in ourselves. Another anchor point uh, in, in my life, biblically, is Revelation 5, 9, and 10, where there are men and women from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation standing around the throne of God, and they are singing, and they are singing, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and honor and glory and dominion, for you were slain and you purchased with your blood, men and women from every tribe, tongue, and people and nation, you have made them to be a kingdom priest to our God. They will reign forever and ever. And I look at that, I say, that's the ending point. If that's the ending point, let's start living for that today, all nations. And students, the reason that we put so much investment into your lives is because as you grow in the faith and you become mature in the faith, you can walk out of here and you will influence the nations for Jesus Christ. We want to be a church that is focused on making disciples of all nations. And so we want to pour absolutely everything we can into your lives as you are here in college so that you can hear the gospel clearly, so that you can learn to share your faith clearly. You can invest in the lives of others. You can go out. And when you go out, find a church that isn't focused on itself, but a church that is focused on the great commission, making disciples of all nations and loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if you can't find that kind of church, then go and influence a church to become that kind of church. And if you can't do that, then start a church, right? And then just call us and let us help you. Start a church so that all over 
this world. There are churches that are focused very simply on sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and making disciples of all nations. The other thing I I reflected on uh, in the last several months about my experience here at Grace is I reflected uh, on on why I I love this church and and, in a sense really why I've stayed because a lot of pastors, they move around a lot. And I will tell you, it's our elder board. Most of you don't get to interact with with the elders like I get to interact with the elders. But um, it's really a rare thing for a pastor to have a relationship with his elders like I do. To have um, men that I can submit to because I trust them. I I have have no desire to go anywhere else. (laughs) Because I trust our leadership. You know, as Eddie said, we don't agree on everything. We shouldn't. That's how we sharpen one another. Uh, but I love it when we're sharpening and we're, we're debating and sometimes disagreeing that we walk out with a mutual commitment to the grace of God, to the word of God, to the nations, to reaching students so they can reach the world. We are unified in our purposes. We disagree over things that have to do with strategy and method, but we don't disagree on what is most important and why we are here, why we are here and why we exist as a church. And so, to our elders, I just want to say thank you. Okay. And to you as a congregation, I'd say the same thing that I said when I took this job as senior pastor. Let's excel still more. Okay, I believe with all my heart we are on the path that God has chosen for us. Now let's excel still more. Let's have the courage to share Jesus Christ with our neighbors and not hold back. Our neighbors who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ are dying in their sins. Let's not hold back. Let's love them and serve them and show Christ to them and then speak the words of the gospel to them. Let's excel still more. Let's reach out in this community and draw people to Jesus Christ. When we do that, we're going to be crowded and we're going to have horrible parking problems and we're going to say, praise God. God, give us another site. Give us another place. Give us more opportunity. Expand our borders so that we can influence people for Christ. Not so people know our name, but so they know Jesus. That's what we're about. Excel still more. Can I close this in prayer? Thank you. Father, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. We are special, Father, because you have chosen to reveal yourself to us. Because you created us in your image. Father, we bring nothing to you in ourselves. All that we have is what you have placed within us. And so we turn around and we offer all of that to you in service to you. I pray, Father, for this church that you would guard and protect us from the attacks of the enemy. And I pray, Father, that you would allow us to have greater influence on this community, on the campus, and throughout the world. All for your honor and all for your glory so that someday we can be with those tribes and tongues and peoples and nations before the throne of Jesus, casting our crowns down, worshiping and celebrating that we lived well and we lived wisely for the things that matter. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.